Uh, we started out last week by talking about the fact that everybody wants a happy new year. Everybody wants a blessed new year. And I've injected this thought, you're not going to have a blessed new year if you still have fear operating in your life. So what we want to have is a fearless new year. Amen. Say it with me, a fearless, fearless new year. Isaiah 43 says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? And then we're reminded from uh, Paul's writings to Timothy, 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear. So we know where it didn't come from. Can I have a better amen than that? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Say it with me. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This tells you that if there is in fact fear in your life, the power of God will not be there. If the fear is there, the love of God is not there as it should be. And we know that's true because the Apostle John told us perfect love casts out all fear. So you can't be operating in the love of God and it fear at the same time. Now, depending on where we are right now and what type of phobia is trying to engage itself against your life and your mind, that's just the way it is. The thing that will drive it out every time is the love of God. And that means knowing that God loves you dearly and he cares about you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God demonstrated his love in this while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Come on, shout out. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. And if fear is in your life, then a sound mind is not in your life. Which means you're not thinking correctly. You're not thinking with a sound and a whole mind. But that's not what God did. God did not come down in 2020 and insert fear into this world. God didn't come down and insert fear into this country. And God did not come down and insert fear into this body of Christ across the country. And if it's in your life, God's not the one that did it. Well, if it wasn't God, then who did it? We know who is the author of everything opposite of the Word of God. And I have an assignment, at least for the several weeks of this first new year, is to get you to a place where you're free from fear. Even the latent fears that you don't pay that much attention to but are actually influencing you and driving you. And that means it starts with dealing with the master fear. And according to Scripture, the master fear is death. When you got born again, you should have lost your fear of death. And if you did not, something's not right in your operation with God today, in your faith, in your life with God today. The born-again person is not afraid to die. That doesn't mean you want to die today. Don't get me wrong. But you should not be afraid to die because you don't have the master of fear operating in your life anymore. And I've often said, and I'll say again, you're not afraid of, you know, poisonous snakes. You're afraid of what? Dying. You're not afraid of water. You're afraid of what? Dying. You're not afraid of airplane. You're afraid of the airplane doing what? Crashing and dying. So when the master fear is dealt with, all the residual fears can be cut off from our life. And you'll find out that everything in this life, you know, that goes contrary to the will of God is rooted actually in fear. And I'm going to say this to you because I began to meditate on this. You know, the first thing that Adam and Eve did after they opened up their eyes, amen, made some fig leaves. The Bible says they hid from God. Why did they hide from God? 
they were afraid. Now, how many of you know, I don't know exactly how many years the garden story or the fall was. I know what I believe, you can believe what you want to. All I know is it was a long time ago. And if fear is operating in your life right now, you're closer to the fall in the garden than you are to the redemption in Christ. And you have no business hanging around the fall in the garden when Christ has already died for you and been raised from the dead. You ought to be hanging around redemption. Can I have an amen? You ought to be hanging around deliverance. Can I have an amen? You should be hanging around restoration and the glorification of God, not hanging around some bush in the garden in fear. We should have made some progress over these thousands and thousands of years. Can I have a good amen? amen. Scripture does tell us this in uh, Hebrews chapter 2, 14 through 16, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those, listen to this, who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. And raise your hand if you're an Abraham descendant here. Then you should be free of fear of death. You should be free of the master fear and every fear below it. Well, I have a fear of this. You should be delivered from that. I have a fear of flying. You should be delivered from that. I have a fear of closed spaces. You should be delivered from that. I have fear of being around certain people. We'll work on that. Amen. <laughs> but if you tolerate a residual fear, it's an indicator you need deliverance from fear in general. And I've said this before, you know, uh, COVID didn't create anything in the body of Christ. COVID just exposed what's already here. And what COVID exposed is an awful lot of people who call themselves Christians in bondage to fear. Well, let me say this clearly. I am not an expert in masking, distancing, vaccine, virology, genetics. That is not my expertise. On the other hand, I'm not an idiot. So in dealing with this issue, it is, that is not my call of responsibility, although I'm going to put some things out there today to help you understand that your faith needs to be in the Most High God. And if it's anywhere else, it means that fear is trying to get some kind of a segue into your life. But let me tell you what I am called to do. And my assignment is, where fear exists, a preacher's job should drive it out with the word of God. So we're going we're gonna to find every little remnant, every little cockroach hanging around, amen. Everything that when you lift up a rocket goes screwy, we're going to deal with that because you can't be your best version of yourself, a child of God, with fear operating in your life. Any fear. Come on, raise your hand and confess it out loud. No fear here. How much fear? No. And if you're not operating in fear, what are you doing? You're operating in faith. And I do encourage you, shameless plug for 930 Sunday School for adults and all of your family. Because you're going to hear a solid faith message for weeks and weeks and weeks at 930 to undergird what God's trying to do in the church as a whole. So I encourage you to be there, to be strengthened. Because faith comes by what? Hearing. By hearing. Unfortunately, so does fear. Which tells you that an awful lot of believers have been listening to the wrong things or the fear wouldn't be there. Are you still here today? 
Amen. So raise a hand and say, I love the pastor. I will not get offended at the pastor. Come on, shout it out, no fear here. Come on, say, no fear here. Every day you get up, you should be confessing that when your feet hit that floor. No fear here. What you tolerate will overtake you. And this isn't based on what we see or what we hear, what we feel, what's going on. It's based entirely on your relationship with God and his word. If you will focus on God and his word, then you will be sound in the days that we live in. We were talking a little bit last night about what I sense in the spirit. And I, I, I'm not prepared to say everything. But one thing that I, I told my wife that's coming is a sexually transmitted disease that is far worse than AIDS ever was. You cannot sin with impunity in this world and not have consequences. So I will tell you as a church, live pure in a dirty world. And it won't touch you. But it's coming. Amen? And it shouldn't surprise us. We know about famine and pestilence and war in the last days. This should not surprise us one iota. But guess what? You don't have to participate in this. Glory to God. We're going to deal with fear from the perspective of the Word of God. And I want to say that whatever you do in times like this, for example, with COVID, do it in faith. If you're going to distance, distance in faith. If you're going to mask, mask what? In faith. If you're going to vax, vax in faith. If you're going to boost, boost in Faith. If you're going to boost again, boost in faith. If you're going to boost again, boost in faith. If you're going to boost again, then boost in faith. Come on, say, no fear here. Do it in faith. The USS Milwaukee Navy fighting vessel was at port in Guantanamo Bay on December 24th. The entire crew had been vaxxed and boosted. The last report, 19 of them had contracted COVID anyway. Where did they get it from? They got it from, obviously, each other because they were not in contact with anybody else outside of that situation. I want to tell you that science is never going to be perfect. Medicine is never going to be perfect. But your God always is. And the word always is. So if your faith is misplaced, listen to me, you're making a mistake. Job said these words, Job would sacrifice routinely, not in faith and honor to Almighty God, but Job would sacrifice in fear this kid's done something stupid and they were going to lose their lives and their lot because of it. So he would sacrifice and sacrifice and sacrifice. And finally he said in Job 3.25, what I feared, what, has come upon me. What I dreaded or expected has what? has now come and manifested. Make sure you understand this today. Today, everybody say today. today. A lead researcher in the nation of Cyprus said that Omicron and Delta have now combined. Now you get the best of both worlds. Have I said lately you need to put your confidence and faith in Jesus? Yes. Time will tell whether this researcher is correct or not. Dr. Gregory Poland from the Mayo Clinic was interviewed about the e efficacy and effectiveness of, of masking. 
He said the N95 medical grade mask will protect you from any virus down to 0.1 microns. COVID is 0.12, it's a little bit bigger than 0.1. So the N95 will protect you 95% of the time. 5% of the time, even with an N95, guess what? How about we trust God 100% of the time? Then the smart interviewer turned right around and said, okay, now tell me about the effectiveness of the cloth mask. And what he said was, we believe it's effective in diminishing infection. And he said, and, and the main thing is, it reminds people there's a pandemic. So in telling about the efficacy, the true scientific efficacy of the mask, what he said was, it's a good reminder that we all need to be careful because we're in a pandemic. Never did answer the question. Well, Stanford and Yale conducted a study in Bangladesh that was released on September 1st of last year, and they found out what the efficacy was. Listen carefully. Now, I'm not telling you to mask or not mask, vax or not vax, distance or not distance. Some of y'all are huggers, and you're going to be a hugger till the day Jesus takes you home. That's just the way you are. And it's going to take something more than that. But be careful when you're hugging people. Especially the people you're hugging have had back surgery. Moving right along. <laughs> Snap, crackle, and pop. And that wasn't Jesus talking. Amen. <laughs> Here's what they did. They had an intervention group was astoundingly large. These are the people that they gave the cloth masks to. Come on, shout it out. No fear here. No 178,288 were in the intervention group or the ones that were given the mask in Bangladesh. Bangladesh is a nation particularly, uh, you know, because of a lot of reasons, will be subject to a hard hit from, for example, COVID. 163,858 were in the control group or they were not given a mask. And they tracked them over an eight-week period. And here's what they found out. Now, how many understand 107,000 participants is a huge, huge study. The margin for error in a study that size is, is minuscule. So what they found out is actually good for everybody around the world. And uh, it typically in a study like this, Stanford and Yale know what they're talking about. In the control group, are you still here? These are the people who had no mask. 8.6% of them after eight weeks showed symptoms of COVID. The ones that wore the mask, 7.6% showed symptoms of COVID. A 1% difference between those that wore the masks and those that didn't. Now that is statistically significant, but I want you just to think about that figure for a moment. You better put your confidence mostly in the Most High God. Are you here today? I'm not going to tell you what to do, and you're not going to tell me what to do. Amen? But whatever you do, you better do it in faith in the Most High God. And say, well, should I believe God or go to the hospital? You better believe God if you go to a hospital. 
Whatever you do, you're, listen to me, you are a faith person. Whatever you do, you do by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Four times the Bible says the just shall live by faith. You come to church by faith. You drive to church by faith. You go to lunch by faith. You go to work by faith. Amen? You get married by faith. You, get, you have kids by faith. You better have faith when you have kids. You have faith. If you're going to a checkup, you have faith. If you're going to the dentist, you better do it by faith. Amen. And if you're going to a hospital these days, you better. You better have faith. So it's not one faith or the other. It's all what? We never disconnect from faith. Can I have a big amen in this faith church today? Amen. Can I have a bigger amen than that? Amen. Faith church. Amen. Glory to God. The narrative for the vax, we are first told the vax will prevent you from getting infected. And then it became clear that's not exactly an accurate narrative. They began to say the vax will lessen the severity of the symptoms. That is technically true. But watch how the narrative slides. Then they began to say that the unvaxed were, were infecting the vaxed. That taxes all of our collective intelligence. Ironically, it's the vaxxed infecting the vaxxed and the vaxxed infecting the non-vaxxed as they shed pathogen. What does that mean? It means stay in faith whatever you're doing. I mentioned to you that the virus is uh, 0.12 micron. Uh, the head of a sperm cell is 5 microns which means that the sperm cell is 50 times larger than the COVID virus, COVID being a little bit bigger than most viruses. I challenge any young Mary to use a cloth mask for contraception. <laughs> and if that mask is able to take away a 50 times larger element, great. If not, I'll see you at the baby dedication. Fifty times larger than COVID, and you wouldn't dare use a cloth mask for contraception. And it's really not our fault as, as citizens. You know, we've had nothing but confusion, nothing but backstepping, nothing but contradiction from one group to the other. You know what? Everything is muddled. Everything is confused. One day it's this way. The next day it's that way. This expert says this. This expert says that. This group says this. This scientist says that. This nation says this. You know, it gets, it gets confusing and tiring after a while. But you know what I found out? Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. During this entire thing, he has not deviated once from his word. The same word that talks to us today is the same word that was available in 2020 and will ever be. And can I tell you something? This disease did not catch God off guard. But he is relying on his people to walk by faith, even in the midst of terrible circumstances. Amen. I'll give you a statistic. 100% of people who die in Christ go to heaven. How's that for a statistic for you? 100% of those that die without Christ go to hell. 
Uh, those are just a little bit more important statistics. Glory to God. I realize that some of you are still stuck on the size of the sperm cells, so I'm going to move right along here. And <laughs> Glory to God. If I took a vaccine for smallpox and then a booster three times and I still got smallpox, I'd have a lot of questions. Turn to somebody and say, whatever you do, do it in faith. Mask by faith. Vax by faith. Distance by faith. Whatever you do or you don't do, you do what? You do it by what? By faith. You say, Pastor, why didn't uh, Dr. Polder want to answer that question? That should be apparently obvious to all of us. It's okay if we just admit the obvious in this nation, in this world. They really don't know what to do. But we do know what to do. I said we do know what to do. Amen. And I'm also believing that those that perpetrated this are held accountable. If you believe that this came from a rat or from a pig, amen, then I have a cement pond to sell you. Amen. It's happening right now. Uh, the Spirit of God came on me about five years ago, and I said that uh, China would be held accountable for what it's been doing. Yeah. Right now, every major developer of homes and skyscrapers in China is going bankrupt. Right now, every major municipality in that nation is underwater financially. Right now, by the billions, companies like Citibank and others are moving their accounts and moving their assets to places like Taiwan and Vietnam and other places. Right now in China, there are three million Muslims locked up in concentration camps. And they'll either re-educate themselves or they will, they will just get rid of them. You say, what does that mean? If you look at a map today, and I can show you, of all the concentration camps that were in Europe during the Nazi era, you will see that in western China, there are more concentration camps than all that Hitler had in Nazi Germany. And this country and this world says nothing. Because it's about money. Right now, we said if, they, if the products come out of these provinces where they have these camps, we won't, we won't interact. We won't buy, we won't sell, we won't trade. That's not good enough. Could you imagine us saying if the concentration camp, you know, was in Poland or just outside of Berlin, but if it was everywhere else, we'd buy from those territories? Not a chance in the world would we do business with those Nazis. China's day has come. You cannot do that to people and God not see it and take action. And if they did this thing to throw off attention and murder all these people across the country, there'll be even more accountability for that nation. And in the end, we're going to believe God for a, just an amazing revival throughout Asia, amen, where Jesus is exalted and he doesn't care what the Communist Party thinks over there. Meanwhile, back in America, we have, polit America, we have politicians thinking that a one-party rule like China is a great thing. That's how dark things are out there. Amen? We're in very challenging, difficult times, and we need to be people of faith more than ever, not people wrapped up in fear. I dare say there's hardly anybody in this room that has been touched by this disease in one way or another. Our church has been touched by this disease. 
We're not going to suddenly start walking in the flesh. We've all been trained better than that. Can I have a better amen than that? No. Our job is, is not virology and our, our job is not genetics and most of us in here are not in the medical profession, but all of us are believers. Yes. Yes. Say it with me, I am a believer. I am a believer. And believers know what to do. Yes. Let me just talk to you for just a little bit today about how that fear gets in. Write these down and meditate on these. One way the fear gets in is through our experiences. We've gone through things in life and the fear comes through that front door or even as believers we go through things or we observe things in other people's lives and say, well, if it happened to them, it can happen to me. That's the wrong mindset. Just because something happened to somebody else doesn't mean it's happening to you. But if you're not careful, you allow experiences, things that you observe in your life or lives of others, you know, to be an open door for fear and at that point, you got a real problem. Amen? God has never ordained your experiences to be the basis of what you believe. Never will. That's not where we get our faith from. But I can tell you this, you sure can get your fear from it. Number two, your inputs. These are the things you see and hear. These are the things that come into your eyes and come into your ears and I'll tell you this, there is no benefit for you watching broadcasts and, you know, press conferences every day on how many COVID patients there are in Kentucky and around the world. And listening to the loop on television about the latest cycle, whatever it is, stick to things that will build your faith and encourage you. Some of you would do well to get off of social media, to shut the television off, amen, turn the radio off and start meditating on God. Instead of doing all that tomorrow on your way to work, just put on a praise tape, amen, and worship your God and stay in peace. But you'd be amazed how many people just on the loop, they keep it going. You say, well, that's people in the world. No, people in the church are doing this. All they hear, all they see. And so they wonder why fear is there. Fear will come. Those of you that served in the military, thank God for all of you. Amen. Those that are presently involved, God, I thank God for you. But when I was a little kid, there's a, a little bitty, you know, war called the Vietnam War, which originally was called a police action. We all know that was a misnomer. That's how Washington flies. Just change the name from war to police action, and then everybody will feel fine about that. When I was growing up, little type, you know, four or five years old, I was absolutely convinced that I'd be drafted for that war as well. And you want to know why? Because every night I was able to catch the news. I don't know about you, but a four, five-year-old, six-year-old doesn't need to be watching how many body bags came in that day. My inputs determine the fear level over that situation. Uh, you know, Saigon fell, and the United States got out long before I was even of draft age, but that's exactly what I thought. I was in, in those young, tender age, I was convinced I was going to be drafted, sit over there, amen, and come back maybe in one of those body bags. Why? Was there any rational thought to that? No. Highly unlikely that that would go on that long, but when you're putting the inputs in, guess what? Can I help you out here? Physicians do not like you 
looking up your symptoms on Google. Because after a while, you begin to have them all. Yep, got that, 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 that. And so when you walk into the physician's office and you have a real issue, you know, you've already figured it out. Never mind, they went to medical school and residency, amen. Staying current with the literature and the studies, but you, you looked at Dr. Google. And all you did was what? Impart fear through your eyes and your ears. Look at your neighbor and say, don't do that. Don't say, don't do that. No fear here. Number three, your meditations. The things that you think about. The things that you think about. You meditate all day long on fear and problems and issues and things you're afraid of and COVID this and COVID that and weather this and weather that. Guess what's going to manifest? Fear. Number four, your associations. These are people you hang around with. In 2 Timothy 2.8, Paul warned Timothy that there were a couple men running around telling people the resurrection had already taken place. Paul said they destroy the faith of some. We're not supposed to be destroying the faith of each other. We're supposed to be building the faith of each other. So if you're hanging around people that are destroying your faith, you have to ask yourself a question. Why? Hang around people of like precious faith. Amen. When you've been telling somebody for 50 years you've got bursitis and arthritis and sinusitis and a callus and a tumor and a corn and you've never been healed of any of it, it's time to shut up. True story, Pastor Lady in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. And every time, how are you doing, Delora? Well, and it always started out with well. And that's when I knew I was in trouble. Well, dot, dot, dot. I've got, you know, bursitis and arthritis and sinusitis. And I've got a callus and a corn and a tomb. I had to go to the doctor the other day. And every day it was a report of what? Everything that was wrong. They were with us about four years before they moved to Rhode Island. After we came over here, she called and I called her back. I said, Lord, how you doing? Well, well, I've got bursitis and arthritis and sinusitis and a callus and a corn and a tumor. You know, on it goes. Nothing. Nothing had changed. Look at somebody and say, your faith needs to grow exceedingly. You would have thought in all that time, at least you got rid of the corn. God help us. Amen. Amen. <laughs> we need to build each other's faith. Encourage each other. She was in the production of Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames the first year we did it. And when we got there, was, I mean, we were literally scraping people up just to even put a cast together. And we had her as an angel. And another lady was an angel. And this is a lady that was almost as old as she was, a little older, I think, and she had Parkinson's disease. And so we had one sit on this side of heaven and hell, and the other one over here, right now in heaven, as you go up the steps, rather. And what they're supposed to do is when, you know, the person is told their names in the book, they're supposed to lift their hands 
when they go to heaven. And if they go to hell, you've done this, haven't you? Yes, you were. And they're supposed to lower their head like that and point to hell when they go to hell. Well, every time Edith, the other lady, any time somebody would go to hell, she'd raise her hands like this. <laughs> Before the first night's production, Dolores, everybody say Dolores three times. She comes to me and says, she goes, All right, Edith won't leave me alone. She keeps messing with my halo. And if she doesn't stop it, I'm going to deck her. <laughs> We're about to go out and minister the good news. The love of Jesus. And I got two angels going to tussle right there in the back room. Had to have a deliverance service before we could have the service. Turn to somebody, no fear here. Say it again, no fear here. No fear. Come on, say no fear here. Associations. Number five, declarations. That means what you say. Declarations. What you, what? What you say. Does it matter what you say? I said, does it matter what you say? You don't go around saying you're going to get this, and you're going to get that, and you're going to have this, and you're going to have that. Don't go into Job mold. Job was not born again, nor was he spirit-filled. Job never went to a word of faith church. Job never went to a spirit-filled church. So you shouldn't be acting like poor old Job. Can I have a better amen today? You should be talking what God says about you. You should be declaring the good things of God over your life. Amen? Well, I'm just being realistic. No, you're not. What you're doing is you're calling things to yourself. And you don't even realize it. When you should be protecting yourself. Go over to Psalm 91 for a moment. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High Will what? Rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This, what do you do in times like this, in all times? You dwell in the secret place of the Most High. You rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Does that sound like fretting and worrying and fearing? No, there's no way. You, you, you labor to enter into that rest by faith, so fear doesn't have a place here. Look what it says. I will what? I will say of the Lord. Turn to somebody and tell them it matters what you say. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. That's how you walk free from fear. Your trust is fully engaged in Him, and that's your declaration. Somebody gives you the latest statistic, you just stick, you just stick your head up and say, I trust God. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll do what God wants me to do. See, for example, when you put a, a you know, seatbelt on, how many of you worry all the way in town somebody's going to hit you? You don't. You just put the seatbelt on. You don't have to get into fear to put a seatbelt on. You don't have to get into fear to put a mask on. You don't have to get into fear to distance from somebody. And yet a lot of people do. I was turning on to Industrial Road, and I saw this man in the pickup truck with a mask on. And I just said, out of my mouth, I just, it just flew out of my mouth, help him, Jesus. Just, who's he going to catch it from? Himself? 
I was riding down in my pickup truck in Murray, Kentucky, and I gave myself COVID. Look at somebody say, bless his heart. I don't know, just that, that picture just screams, fear! <laughs> Look what it says if you'll dwell in the shelter of the Most High and you'll talk correctly. Say it with me, dwell and talk right. Let's just break this down as simply as we can. Dwell in God and talk right. Dwell and talk right. There's a prescription. Everybody say, dwell and talk right. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He'll cover you with his feathers and under his wings you'll find refuge. We believe in the Hebrew this actually indicates the opinions or the individual principles of his word. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night. Come on, say it. I will not. Why? Because I'm dwelling and I'm talking right. If I don't dwell and talk right, I'm going to have fear. Can you see this today? But if I'll dwell and talk right, fear is not going to come into my life and dominate me. He'll cover you with his feathers and under his wings you'll find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of day, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. Is this ringing a bell? A thousand may fall at your side. Ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Why? You're dwelling and you're talking right. Say it, I'm dwelling and I'm talking right. This scripture is not talking about your enemy falling. This scripture is talking about people on your side falling. And the temptation is, well, how in the world can I expect to stand if, if they fell? How can I expect you know, victory if they didn't get it? You don't base your victory or your failure or your success on what other people are doing or have done. Listen, you cannot say Jesus is, is my Lord and then when something bad happens to somebody, then shift your lordship to them. That person is not your Lord. Jesus is your Lord. Jesus is your Lord if everybody receives or if nobody receives. Jesus is your Lord. I don't get my doctrine off of what happened to other people. I must get my doctrine from the Word of God itself. And I, I mean, the first time as a pastor I read this and taught this, I literally stopped in the middle of the, of the message in Hopkinsville and I said, this is just unbelievably difficult to believe. But this is what it says. A thousand will fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You need to dwell and you need to talk right. I'm going to dwell in God and His Word and His presence like never before. Amen? That's what God's saying to you. How many want to get rid of all the fear that might be there? Shout it out. No fear here. You get in His presence like you never have been before and you talk right. You talk scripturally no matter what you see. You don't have to be arrogant or prideful to say, it's not coming near my dwelling in Jesus' name. We feel horrible about what an F5 and F4 tornado will do when it's done to our brothers and sisters. I was talking to Pastor Brad yesterday and two families in the, in the church in First Assembly were completely wiped out, lost everything in the tornado. 
But you can't then shift your faith on somebody else and what happened to them and determine that's going to be what you have confidence in and believe for. You have to simply say, you know what? I have compassion for that. I'm going to help people. I'm going to bless people. But it's not coming near my dwelling in Jesus' name. Amen. A thousand will fall at your side. Ten thousand at your right hand. But it will not come near you. After the storms came through, I went in the morning to see my mother. I walked in the door. I didn't even get a word out. I couldn't even say, hi, Mom, or whatever. She said, that Psalm 91 works, sonny boy, doesn't it? <laughs> well, it's official. I said, it's official. Doris said it works. It must work. <laughs> Come on, say it. It does work. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Read on with me. You'll only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked if you make the Most High your dwelling. Dwell and keep dwelling. Come on, shout it out. Dwell and keep dwelling and keep dwelling and keep dwelling and keep dwelling. Talk right and keep talking right and keep talking right. And keep talking right. If you make the most high your dwelling, even the Lord who is your refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They'll lift you up in their hands so that you'll not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I dwell and I talk right. I will rescue him. I'll protect him, for he acknowledges my name. I tell you, it's a big deal to acknowledge the name of Jesus in a post-Christian nation. I said it matters when you acknowledge and confess his name. He'll call upon me, and I will answer him. I'll be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. Will I satisfy him? And then what? Show him my salvation. The only question is, do we believe this psalm or not? Come on, say, I'm a believer. Say, I'm a believing believer. I believe in the Word of God. So listen, this is your real prescription. Come on, say, dwell in God like never before and talk right. How can that possibly make such a big deal? Because it's the Word of God and it's true. Amen. That's the reason why, uh, you know, my wife called Timothy, Psalm 91. When's, when did he first have it totally memorized? By the time he was, by the time he's three years old. Amen. Riding around, confessing Psalm 91. I don't think you could beat it out of him with a baseball bat at this point. Why? Because it really does matter. Amen. So listen. Everybody out there is confused. A spirit of confusion and fear always run hand in hand. They're all messed up. They're all trying to say what they think is right and they're doing the best they can. But the reality is, you know, what we need is the Lord Jesus Christ in every heart in this nation. And while we are pressing on as, as churches in this country, make sure that you have your, your head on straight. You do what you feel, number one, the Word tells you to do, 
And number two, you do what the Holy Ghost tells you to do. But whatever you do during a season like this, make sure you're doing it by faith. Amen. There's no reason why you can't dwell with the Lord and talk right. Hallelujah. And take some of these remedial actions. But if you do them in fear, they're not going to work for you. And what do I mean by that? If one manifestation of fear doesn't get you, another one will. To be free, you have to follow God's counsel and his word and his commands. Amen? So shout it out loud with me. Say, I dwell in the shadow of the Almighty. I talk right. I talk right about God. I save the Lord. He's not my problem. He's not the reason. He doesn't get blamed. I save the Lord. He is what? My refuge. Say it with me. I dwell in God and I talk right. So look, if you've not been dwelling in the Lord, then this is you know, the message for you today. To be a person that is free from fear, get back in there. Well, I feel so bad. I've not been walking with him or talking to him, you know, and been and kind of estranged and put everything before him. You know what? There's this amazing principle in Scripture that's always available for you and for me. It's called repentance. Just repent and get back in there. I've not been talking right, Pastor. I've been talking the world. I've been, been talking ABC and CBS. Amen. I've been talking Fauci. As if he's God. And let me just help you out here and give you a tip. He most assuredly is not. But you do have a God that loves you. You do have a God that died for you. You do have weapons that are not carnal, but are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. And so if you kind of got off the dwelling in God bus and kind of got out of talking right, just repent and get back on and get it. Put your heart back in his presence. Put your mouth back on the word of God. And you'll be in a place of peace. Glory to God. Amen. No matter what happens around you, you're going to stay in faith because there's no fear here. Amen. Shout it out. No fear here. No fear here. Raise your hand and say, no fear, no fear here. Come on, stand your feet and shout it out. No fear here. No fear here.